Let's welcome tonight's speaker, Tom. Hi, everybody. My name is Tom, and I'm a grateful compulsive overeater. Hey, Tom. Hi, family. I'm so glad to be here. It's been a long time since I've been in this particular room at the Century Meeting. And I remember you know, um, over the years, in the old days anyway, I used to come and there was no parking and there's still no parking. <laughs> but I got here early, so I got, I got a place. I'm so glad to be here among my fellows. I just want to say to the newcomers, um, welcome, welcome. I continue to find uh, a solution to my disease of compulsive overeating and it's a spiritual solution for me. And there are some, there are a lot of things that I've learned, a lot of tools that helped me along the way. Um, please just keep coming back. I mean, that's what I was told. That's what I really need to hear all the time. Uh, but keep coming back. Um, try out other meetings. Try just, you know, my experience is that eventually I hear my story. Um, and maybe sometimes just parts of my story. But the more I keep coming back, and I hear my story. And that's the biggest um, solution to my feeling of um, of isolation, like with my disease of compulsive overeating. I mean, I'm a compulsive overeater, and I've been one my whole life since I was eight years old. Is when I remember my first binge. Um, and I actually doing something I just rarely do anymore. But I'm gonna send some photos. <coughs> around. And uh, here we go. Enjoy. I've uh, learned how to look at photos of myself and to feel a lot of love and compassion for that boy, that little boy and that man. And that's been a long journey. <coughs> I first came to Overeaters Anonymous in 1987, weighing 400 pounds, and I was, I didn't know anything. I didn't know anything about, about anything. Spiritual, you know, I wasn't raised in a spiritual house. Told we were intellectuals, you know. That was the solution to everything. And um, I didn't fit in very well with that, <laughs> but I tried. Um, when I first came to Overeaters Anonymous, people said, keep coming back, we'll love you until you can love yourself. And I didn't know what that was about. I mean, what are you talking about? <laughs> you know, it was kind of icky. Um, I'm also uh, a multiple addict, and I wanted to say something. I, uh, Scott just had me sign this speaker release form. I haven't done this in a long time. And there's all this stuff on the bottom and it says, please circle all that apply. And I'm just I'm laughing with my tender self here. Um, so these are the things. Anorexic, bulimic, or compulsive exerciser. Compulsive overeater. LGBTQQI. <laughs> Multiple addictions. Person of color. <laughs> Released 100 pounds or more and relapse and recovery. Oh my God. Bingo. You mean I really belong? <laughs> oh my God. And all, the, all the years that I, that I felt like I didn't belong anywhere, you know. Um, <laughs> you know, it's a funny thing. So, I, um, what I'll say is, I'll talk a little bit about the past. I want to talk about what's going on now. Um, because there's a lot going on now, and 
so when I came in, I got struck with abstinence, and I had a sponsor, and we started working the steps, and over the next, so I think maybe it was a little bit more than a year, uh, in working the first three steps over and over again, and some of the fourth step, I released 170 pounds, and I um, thought I was cured. It was all about the weight, and um, I was young, I was cute, and I wanted to, you know, meet guys, and and I never felt, I never really felt that thin. Um, or at least not in a long time, or conscious, I guess. That thin and also conscious. Um, not numbing out on something. And so I went with that, and I got in a relationship, uh, and it was with this really handsome guy, and I thought, oh my God, I really arrived. You know, I've lost all this weight, now I can get these real hot guys. And, all. and uh, oh, bless my heart. I'm yearning so much for that contact and that affection and stuff I never got as a kid. I didn't know any better, you know? And then it was all about the relationship. It became less and less about my abstinence, and I wanted to fit in. And at first, I did pretty well. But then I started relapsing over a period of time. And then when I started relapsing, I started gaining weight, and I needed to control that. And I stopped going to meetings. Because after all, I don't want to come here if I've gained all this weight. You know, I'm not a star anymore. and that's what it felt like. You know, I got a lot of positive strokes for losing weight. And then it seemed like when I had gained weight or before I'd lost all the weight, there was a lot of, uh, this, is, this is, I think it's largely my projection, uh, but there was a lot of judgment I felt. And of course, it was really me judging myself. Um, but anyway, I went along and uh, I needed to control my body. Um, I'm also an incest survivor and a survivor of severe child abuse. And controlling my body was just a big, big thing. And one of the ways I did it was to keep eating and, and become fat. And then another way was to stop eating and become thin. Uh, and then when I started gaining weight in, in, um, in relapse, then I found drugs. I found, th- I had to, huh, Oh no, I had to keep the weight off. So I found drugs. And uh, I was never into drugs growing up. I just was one of those square baby boomers, I guess. But I found drugs. And when I found drugs, oh boy, all bets were off. And I started amphetamines. And, uh, and one of the pictures in there, I'm 165 pounds. One is like almost 400 and uh, highest. And I was in my disease. And one is 165, and I was in my disease. And I just want to be clear about that with us and with myself. Um, This disease is just, oh my gosh. It's just, uh, the disease is out to kill me, you know? And left to my own devices, I become desperate. I don't know any any other way. But to eat compulsively, or in my case, binge, and throw up, and and do drugs, and drink. That's it. Got to find something. If there's no spiritual solution for me, the solution that I continue to find in these rooms, I've got to do something because the pain is just too much. And um, so uh, in the first relapse, it was drugs. And then um, I stopped doing drugs. 
because I thought it was wrong. <laughs> wow. Um, yeah. And then I started gaining weight again, and then it was the crisis again. Um, and that second relapse was the most awful thing I've ever experienced in my life. Um, the, my binging was just off the charts. And I worked night shift in the hospital, and get off, and I go to this bakery. And after a while, they kind of were like, looking at me funny, you know? And I'd buy all these just stacks and stacks of things. And I'd go home, and I just couldn't stop eating. And then I would throw up, and then I would start eating again. I was absolutely desperate. Never thought any of this would happen to me. Throwing up? I hate throwing up. When I'm sick, it's, oh. I learned how to throw up. I was absolutely desperate. And it helped keep some of the weight up, but not really. I just <clears throat> ruined my teeth and uh, my throat and all that. And, and I just was in this tremendous despair, pitiful, incomprehensible demoralization. Talk about it. Um, the big book. And um, so um, it was really awful. And then it was in that second relapse that I had enough recovery under my belt that I couldn't binge anymore on food. Um, unless I drank alcohol. And once I had, and I wasn't, I never drank, but I started drinking. And once I had that first glass of wine, that was it. All my inhibitions were gone, and I'd start binging again and throwing up. And this went on for um, at least months and months. I don't really know. I was in for days, you know. Um, I ended up having uh, emergency lower back surgery, um, couldn't walk, and uh, as a result, thank you, is it, that's the first 10, right? Yeah. As a result of that, uh, I started, walking was one of my uh, recovery things. So I started walking, and I started walking to OA meetings, <laughs> and I humbled myself. And uh, I, was, I lived in East Bay, and I could walk. And to just all these different meetings, you know, and and uh, and I started uh, I started working the steps more, and um, I started understanding more about my disease and about the solution, which was just to keep coming back, working the steps, and working with the sponsor and coming to meetings all the time and raising my hand and sharing, or at least having the willingness to do that because I need to claim my seat today. It's not what I say. Is the willingness to say something, um, and maybe somebody will get something out of that. Maybe I'll learn how to be more a part of the group instead of that horrible isolation of being in the disease. Oh, it's just dreadful. And um, and then um, I relapsed again, and I don't remember how. I'm a compulsive overeater. My disease wants me to eat. I can do all the work on myself that I can imagine, and I tried everything throughout the years. You know, everything we talk about, all the different diets and injections and therapists and, you know, exercising all the time and 
you know, and then not eating after a certain time. You know, just all the stuff, because it was an outside job. That was what was going to fix me, was the outside job. And it never worked. And I really don't remember how that relapse happened, but um, the main part of the relapse was actually less about food in that case and more about alcohol. And I never thought that I would become an alcoholic, but I couldn't stop drinking. And I remember I was I had a horrible situation in East Bay that I'm not going to go into because it takes a lot of time, but it was, I basically was living in a house with somebody, I was living in a house with somebody who represented my father that I had to get love out of. And the house, the physical house, with all the rats, raccoons, and possums in the house, and tearing the roof off, all the stuff, the drug house next door, the whole thing looked like how I felt inside. And uh, I found my way back to Overeaters Anonymous, and I found a sponsor in Overeaters Anonymous, this wonderful man who was elderly and a professor emeritus at Berkeley. I mean, he was just a lot like my father. And I respected his recovery, and we started working the steps, and it was the first time in my life that I felt like um, this could really stick. This could really stick this time. And, um, so what I'll say is that I came back in February. In February, it'll be 20 years that I, since I came back. And what a miracle that is. And I've grown old. <laughs> I mean, it's wonderful in a way, but it's also <coughs> just horrible. Um, so um, what I want to share about is that um, I used to think it was all about the weight. And I used to think it was all about looking cute in clothes. And there's still a part of me that's like that. Um, I, about three years ago, three and a half years ago, oh, I'd reached my goal weight. It was heavier than before, but it was really working well for me. And I felt good about myself. And about three and a half years ago, um, I had, I was having some problems. It's, it's hard for me to verbalize this. Okay. So I was having some symptoms and I was losing strength in my arms. And especially my right arm. And I remember I would sit in my chair at home and I remember my laptop was over here and I would reach for it and I couldn't lift it up. And I knew something was wrong, it kept happening, but I just didn't want to find out what was wrong. Now that I'm being honest about it, I, I didn't want to find out. I was scared and I, work in health, I worked in healthcare and I, and I didn't want to know. Um, well, it got worse and worse, and one, one night I was, uh, I worked with sick babies. One night I was, I had a really fat baby, beautiful kid. Oh, God, I love those babies. It's one of the, one of the real spiritual growth things for me, that I got to do that uh, for the last few years of my, of my career. I had a baby, and I was talking to him, and, and I was bathing him, and it was all going well, and I start, I, I'm really good at this, but I started putting him down, and I lost all strength. And I caught him with my other hand. And I went, oh, shit. Okay. I guess I better see a doctor. Um, well, anyway, so what happened was 
my spinal cord in my neck was so pinched off that, um, that I could have become paralyzed, like if I had had a fall or something like that. And that over a period of time, I'd noticed this, but I just was in denial. I'd lost, I mean, okay, I was a body, I mean, you know, I used to lift weights and go to the gym and do all this stuff. And I had a certain kind of body I liked. And I started losing muscle. It just started uh, atrophying. And I didn't know why I couldn't lift as much weight. And it became less and less weight that I could lift. That's why I stopped going to the gym. Well, it turned out, so that was pressing on there. So I went to surgery. And that was um, a really big deal. That was really rough. And uh, that was in 2014. This is 2017. Uh, it was the beginning of a real change in my life. Um, I was, it was the beginning of a real disability. Um, I have all this nerve damage. And I'm on medication for it and um, all that stuff. But one of the things that happened is I started gaining weight. And it wasn't just the muscle going away, but I started gaining weight right around my belly. And I'd go to OA meetings and I'd say, you know, I don't know why this is happening. And I'd think, oh, they think, they think I was getting back in that crazy. They think I'm not abstinent. And then I, but I keep thinking it was my fault and, you know, all the old talk. And I'd be looking at my food with a sponsor, and we'd be going over it. And I'd say, but wait a minute. This is, this is really a good meal plan, and I'm abstinent. And um, what I discovered later was that not only was I losing muscle and gaining fat, but that um, I was getting older. And I couldn't have the same meal plan anymore. And I was furious. Uh, I, I didn't show it. That's the problem. I didn't show it. I was furious, and I started getting really pissed off at God. I mean, I, when people used to say that program, I thought, "Oh, come on, really? How can you be angry at God?" I was pissed. Okay, here I was being such a good boy in OA and AA and Alan and all the stuff, and this is happening to me now. I uh, just, the anger I felt was so there, and instead of avoiding, I started getting in touch with that anger, and I was powerless over it. And I would share with people, I'd go to meetings, I'd still, you know, work with sponsors and sponsees, but it just wouldn't go away. Later on, I realized that all I needed to do was keep coming back and being honest. And that, and then I started realizing that my body, the shape of my body, the size of my body, and all of that has nothing to do with my abstinence. That's something I never knew before. Because I'd always learned that, well, you know, you eat a certain amount of calories, and then, you know, and you're abstinent, and oh, all that old stuff. And today I'm abstinent. Today I'm abstinent, which is a miracle. Because the old me, once I start gaining weight, I just want to start binging, forget it. I'm out of here. This is a miracle that I can still keep coming back. And today, um, I was getting dressed, and you know what I do, some of the loving stuff I do is, you know, I've, I've gained this weight, and, I, and instead of thinking of that that way, I just go, oh my gosh, you've really got a belly. And I'll touch my belly, 
And I, I've got some gastric, some real problems going on, so I get distended a lot every day. And, um, but I don't need to go into that. So here I am, loving my body, right here and now, um, and really <coughs> meaning it. And today I got up, it was just, I don't know how the day's gonna be. Sometimes, um, okay, thanks. Sometimes I'll get up and I'll be like, oh no, I'm not having this, I'm going back to bed. <laughs> um, I needed to retire in January uh, after a 40 year career uh, as a nurse, and it was a medical retirement. So I'm going through a lot, a lot of identity stuff and oh my God. So what do I do? I keep coming to meetings. I'm working the steps with a new OA sponsor for the last few months. Uh, I'm absent today and I actually, a few months ago, had the willingness after all these years to go to this fabulous nutritionist this nutritional therapist, and because I have, I have all these gut problems. And we've been working together, and my food has changed so much. And I feel a lot better, but all this willingness was just to keep coming back and do what you guys keep telling me to do. And then I learned something about surrender and humility. Um, one of the things I love so much about the sixth and seventh step, uh, particularly the seventh step, is that it it gives me the opportunity to find some self-acceptance through humility. That it's not really about me. I love myself almost unconditionally now. <laughs> and there have been times when I love myself unconditionally, but I have a little reservation. But here I'm standing here amongst us. And it's not simply, it's not just about me. It's partly about me. And it's also about everybody else in this room. And I get to know that, you know, um, and to feel like I'm at home here. So I got up today and I felt good about my body. And partly because I didn't feel the pain and the bloating and the upset. It's all related. And the main thing is I get to be abstinent today. I get to receive an OA, um, OA sponsee's phone call this morning. And I get to be at this meeting. And uh, I get to eat my abstinent food and then pray and meditate and just keep turning over my experience of my body. Um, I'm also in my 60s. Oh, everything's changed. <laughs> it's amazing. Um, so a lot of self-acceptance, you know, the sex, <coughs> sex drive is, I mean, just lots of things. You know, I'm not working, I'm not being a service that way. Uh, then the change of my body and you're supposed to eat less food. Uh, it's really a lot to accept. You know, you're in OA for a while and time goes by and there's more and more things to accept and surrender and to let go of and to humble yourself around. You know, one of the biggest gifts is working with others. And uh, I have sponsees in all my programs and there are times when I don't want to show up for that sponsee. You know, this year that I felt like, I'm just not good enough. I got nothing to share. And I just show up anyway, listen, and then something comes out of me and they appreciate it. Well, what do you know? So I can still be of service. And I can say yes when I'm asked to speak. And um, I go to meetings in three programs now and I work <coughs> with three different sponsors. And I got a bunch of sponsees and you know what? Whether I'm, you know, I have difficulty walking sometimes and whether I'm hobbling down those stairs and hurting, 
or not, I get to open that door and I got a sponsee coming in the house. And I'm open and honest about it. You know, how are your knees today? Oh, well, you know, I'm hurting. Let's go upstairs. That's the truth. It's not the only truth today. I'm also here to listen to your fourth step. They coexist. And that's a miracle to me. So I'm a work in process, you know. I'll just keep coming back. But really to the newcomers, you know, this is a solution. It's a whole change in my whole perspective on my life, you know. Freedom. Freedom, you know. And this year I took up the ukulele, so I'm going to lessons, it's fabulous. I'm an artist. I mean, there are these wonderful joys in my life, and sometimes I don't want to get out of bed. That's also true. And sometimes I don't have to, because I have nothing else scheduled, and I'm retired. <laughs> and I spoke to a, a kind of a spiritual advisor today, and she, she said, what did she say? It's um, something about, it was, it maybe it was an Eckhart Tolle thing. Oh, gee. Something about, um, like, I've retired from work now, and I'm, I'm just tired. And it's okay. It's okay to be really tired for a long time. I've given it my all for 40 years. It's okay. Anyway, I love you all very much. Thank you. Thanks for letting me.